0: Is Jesus and Gym Shoes. Boy, this is Jesus and
1: Gym Shoes. Welcome to another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. I have a good friend of mine, uh, Miss Marcy Bond. Hey. On uh this episode. So we are in a series where I am having just conversations with parents, um, parents that are my age at different stages of parenthood. And I wanted to have Marcy on here. Um, she is a photographer. She is a she's an all around renaissance person. You know, she she'd be out here doing stuff.
0: Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I try my hardest. I'm heart. very grateful that you have me on today. I've been waiting for my chance to get on Jesus and gym shoes. So I feel like I have arrived.
1: <laughs> you have arrived, G. you most definitely <laughs> have arrived. I appreciate you, you know, hopping on. Um I start off how I start off everybody. What's your favorite pair of gym shoes?
0: Oh, um so let me say this, I'm not a I'm not a gym gym shoe booty. I'm not not that type of person. <laughs> actually we uh, had a little small sneaker ball for uh, one of my friends birthday this past year and I was so lost I called up one of my friends and like I was like I need you to help me because she is the gym gym shoe connoisseur but anyway so with that being said
1: I wear gym shoes but it's okay I love you though
0: (laughs) My favorite, most comfortable gym shoe is an Adidas gym shoe, and like I say, I'm not a gym shoe booty. I don't even know what it's called, but I think it's like a cloud foam, no, sh- no strings. You just slide it on, and it's
1: I like know, lazy.
0: I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> very, very. <laughs> so you're a mom of two, right?
0: I'm a mom of two. My son Avery is 11, mm-hmm. um, and my daughter Charlie is four years old.
1: Oh, Charlie's four. Jeez, Louise, and Avery's eleven. Lord, Jesus. I remember when Avery was in a was in a stroller.
0: You remember when Avery was four? Now Charlie's four, and <laughs> I, like, the time is going by so fast. I I don't even know. I can't even believe. Like, even us saying that Avery's eleven also means I've been a mom for eleven years. So I'm like, how? That's mind blowing to me.
1: What do you learn from being a mom so far?
0: Oh my god. What have I learned from being a mom so far? I've learned that there is no such thing as a perfect mom. There's no such thing like that. I feel like as a parent, that's what you strive to be and you also like think about your experiences with your own parents and how they were and I've learned that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. I've also learned that parents are also people who are just trying to make it. Like I feel like what am I doing with two kids when I'm still trying to figure out life? You know what I mean? Like sometimes I feel like I'm a kid still sometimes. <laughs> but um, through having children, I've learned forgiveness. And I've learned forgiveness of one of my, my own parents um, that I've, if we had an estranged strange relationship for a really long time. We still mm-hmm. do. I'm 32 years old and we actually just connected for the first time since I was six years old this past year. And at 32 years old, I felt a shift. Personally, I've I've experienced where forgiveness is actually like something you feel physically. And I see that from my own experience because you can say to you blue in the face, I forgive this person, I forgive this person. But then if you hear this person's name, you feel like your heart boiling. <laughs> You're like, ah, yeah. eh, maybe I don't forgive. But I got to a point Maybe I'll
1: where... really rock with them. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe it's easier said than done. But I feel like I got to a point where I was able to hear about my dad and hear and think about him without this anger arising. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through my own children, I've just learned everybody is just out here trying to make it parents good parents are what makes a good parent is a parent that is trying their best. Mm And so that's, that's the main thing I've learned on top of an abundance of everything else.
1: (laughs) Jesus Louise. What were some of your thoughts prior to like Avery about being a mom?
0: Oh my God. Um, honestly, I don't think I had any thoughts prior to Avery. I, I wasn't thinking about being a mom for me. I would have loved for my story to be like, oh yeah, I got married and I planned a family. No, it, it was <laughs> definitely like a oopsie type of situation. So I don't think that I thought about it at all. But what mm-hmm. I do know is that there is no, no time to be ready. Or like, for me, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like I hear a lot of like, oh, I'm not ready for that or nobody's ready. (laughs) Nobody's ever ready. And so when you do end up in that situation and you're like, okay, I'm about to be a mom. What do I what do I need to do to get together? So when I I did find out that I was pregnant with him, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, let's get life together. I always say that Avery was the reason I got my first real job (laughs) Uh (laughs) because prior to him, I had worked at Wendy's and fast food. Since high school. And so I was like, no, that's not gonna cut it now. I have to be a provider for this child and my belly. So prior to having him, I didn't think anything about it. I just I was just out here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like when so so when you found out you got pregnant, right? What were yeah. some of the thoughts that happened then? Like was it was it the thought of, okay, I need to get a real job, or you know, what what kind of happened when you found found out?
0: I feel like I grew up um i grew up and it was like uh okay let's get into gear let's Mm -hmm. get in gear. yes let's get a real job that's when i landed my first corporate job um and it was just time to grow up for this child i'm i'm uh definitely someone who for me my, my personal situation i'm gonna not gonna speak about everybody else but it was never a question of like what are we gonna do about this? Like I gotta mm-hmm. get, fix this. If you know what I mean, it was more yeah. like, okay, I I made some choices that's led to this, and I'm going to deal with those choices and grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So was it the same when you, when you were pregnant with Charlie?
0: Uh, um, I feel like when I got pregnant with Charlie, I was already in the the swing of things. It was a lot less fear uh in terms of being quote unquote ready i feel like as a person i was a lot more mature i was a lot more confident in my i guess parental abilities. so when i when i was pregnant with charlie it was like all right all right (laughs) it's go time i got this um yeah yeah, a lot less fear surrounding me having her
1: understood so then with that you know what's the one thing you want your kids to remember uh, remember about you
0: That's a good question. Um, Are you talking about in terms of if I'm
1: gone? (laughs) I mean, it could be anything. You know, like when they out in the world and they like having conversations, it could be. So two parts. It could be when when they out in the world and they having conversations about their mom. Right. What do you want them to remember about you?
0: I feel like when you ask me that, it's. It's so many layers. I feel like what's what coming more so is like what I don't want them to remember about me, which is my latest thing is like I never want to be a yelling mama. And like I don't You're loud like, though, G. I know I am loud. I am loud, but I mean in terms of like so I've I have been reading this parenting book and one of the first pages, and I will find the name of it before we're off, but one of the first pages tells this story about how this lady was witnessing her neighbor. Her neighbor had a kid and the kid was on a lawnmower with his father and he was like learning how to work this lawnmower. And they accidentally went over the mom's bed of flowers Um and so the mom came out and she was freaking out and she was screaming at him Like, what are you doing? And this kid like froze, like, oh, my God, just upset my mom. And the dad then interjected and said something to the effect of like, hey, you got to remember, we're raising a boy, a son, a human. We're not raising these flowers. You can get these flowers back. But Maybe. the way that you made him feel in this moment is something that. You know, matters. And so that stuck with me, because anytime Avery and Charlie are around here uh, making me mad or doing something or ruining something that I just bought, I have to re- I put that into perspective. Like, OK, maybe Charlie just spilled some red Kool-Aid on the carpet, but I'm raising a, a girl. Bahima, yeah. I'm not raising this carpet. Forget this carpet. That's replaceable. So I just want them to always remember that. I put them first. I want them to have as much peace in their childhood as possible because trauma comes in all different forms. There's levels to trauma. Trauma can be minuscule. It can be tremendous, but I never want to be the cause of any of their traumatic experiences.
1: Hmm. What has it been like as a mom? Just like a your real experience as a mom. What, what has that been like?
0: So I feel like my experience has been uh, non-traditional. And I say that because uh, I feel like one of the most taboo things in the parental realm in society is like uh, moms who put themselves first. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you even say that, it's like, it's, it's like you cursing. <laughs> like I put yeah. myself first and my children come after me. And I do feel like that's been my experience. This is probably one of the first time I'm vocalizing that. But I make it a point to make sure I'm good, that I have a sound mind, that I have peace, that I'm fulfilling my own dreams and living my best life so that I can pour into them. You know what I mean? So I can, yeah. if I'm empty, if, I don't, if my cup is not full, what do I have to give to them? So that's the best way I could describe it is that my experience has been non-traditional. Of course I put my children first, but I also make sure that I'm good so that they will be good.
1: What does that look like?
0: Man. Well, so it looks like balance. Um, for example, I'll give you a small example. If I go on a girl's trip or if I go on a vacation, I make sure I, they are on a trip too within that same year. So it's like whatever I do for myself, I'm making sure I do for them. Mm. Uh of course, we have homework time. We have bath time. We have dinner. We do all of that. But I also go out with my friends. I also spend time with friends and family doing things that I like to do. I also make sure I have a lot of me time. But I make sure that they don't want for anything or that they're not deficient in the time spent with me either. But I think the if I had to put one word to it, it just looks like balance. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I think that that's something that you don't hear a lot of people practicing. Yeah. Without even having kids. They don't practice balance.
0: It's my it's definitely one of the common themes of me raising them in general. And I say that because, like I said, it's important to me that they always have peace. And so even in my dating life, or well, and by the way, they have two different dads. I know you knew that, but your audience doesn't. <laughs> um, and sometimes I feel like you have to terminate relationships if it's going to be a detriment to the development of your children. And so I, and and I, again, I don't come, I don't speak from a judgmental place. I only speak from me and my own experience because I don't judge the mama that's like, okay, I got to stay with their dad because I want to make my family work and I want to raise my child in a two parent household right on sister but that's not my story <laughs> for mm-hmm. me if we <laughs> up in here boxing and yelling and screaming and my kids are like affected by that you got to go i would much rather live in split households or my kids be in split households and have peace and harmony in both households than to have this what appears to be this picture-perfect family from the outside but it's just like you know hella tumultuous on the inside so Again, balance and just making sure that they have a lot of peace that's that's so important to me,
1: so with that, um, what is it that you don't want them to remember about you,
0: okay, so I brought up the yelling mama thing, and I say yeah. that because my mom was a yelling mama, and
1: She's let me so oh,
0: she, so I, oh my God, <laughs> I knew he was gonna say something like that, yes, my mom is gorgeous, my she can mom yelling me. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and i hope, i know she's gonna listen to this like dang but no let, let me not say that let the first thing that that i say about my mother be something negative my mom is a superwoman she is
1: she dope yeah
0: she is a, a jill of all trades and
1: uh-huh.
0: she just she was a single mom of three and she had she was under a lot of pressure she worked three jobs all the times she was I feel like she was always like living in a straw that broke the camel's back kind of world because one thing could just send her spinning and so um it was just hard it was hard for her it was hard for her being a single parent she did the very best that she could but one of the things that I do remember about my mother as a child was that she yelled, like, she yelled, it's a funny story behind it too, I didn't stand up to my mom until I was like 15 years old and I literally, and she will tell you this is a moment in her parenting journey that was one of those things that stands out, I literally Mm -hmm. just yelling, and I was like mom, you don't have to yell, and then of course I ran like oh, I'm about to get, here come my my butt whooping after, you know Because some parents are like, who you talking to? yeah says that that was one of the moments where it was like wow i i don't have to yell and uh so when i get one thing i feel like a, a lot of parents lose sight of is that if you are yelling like a maniac at your children that it, that's because you are going through something else like mm-hmm. you're going through something else Is they're the easy target to take it out on them and it's just easy to let those moments of frustration boil over to where you're yelling and screaming. So I'm saying that because I'm actively working on that. Uh, Of course I slip up, but one thing I make sure I do notoriously is apologize to my children. I apologize. I will humble myself in a minute and apologize to my children for hurting their feelings or, for taking something out on them and just make sure they understand, hey, I'm human too, but you didn't deserve that.
1: Yeah, Um, and I I don't think a lot of people practice that. Of course not. (laughs) Like, kids are like human, bro. Like, you know, they have feelings and all of that stuff, you know?
0: Definitely. Again, that's just one of my non-traditional parenting methods. I'm not, we are grooming and growing children into adults who are going to remember attributes of their childhood and that's one Mm -hmm. thing i don't want them to remember that i was yelling and screaming at them all the time just because i'm stressed and overwhelmed that's not something they deserve
1: so So how do you practice yeah um, so that's one thing you don't want them to remember um what's another thing you don't don't want them to remember
0: i don't want them to remember me as on my electronics charlie says to me now she's like are you working again why do you always work? Why do you work so much? Because I'm here right now with my computer talking to you. I got another computer right here. I got a phone right here. Like my, the bulk of my work, because I also have a corporate job in addition to photography is spent on my computer. So mm-hmm. I definitely don't want them to remember their mom is having a face buried in her computer. And I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you and say, that's something I'm working on. I'm not about to paint that picture for myself, but it is something that I think about. Um, so I, I, moving forward, I definitely want to kind of incorporate some no device, no electronics, um, time spent with them. Cause again, I don't want to remember my children. Avery's always on his game. Charlie's always on her tablet. And in this day and age, it's so easy to slip into that, but that's mm-hmm. definitely something I'd like to work on. And the last thing that came to me is probably that I don't want them to remember me as just their mom. hmm I don't want that. I want them to remember me as their mom who went after her own dreams and made it happen for herself and for them. And I just want to be that example for them. So I don't want them to remember me as their mom. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like, I want them to remember me as much more than that. The woman behind their mom, definitely.
1: I, I don't think it wasn't. It, it wasn't until I got older that I was able to see my parents as like actual humans.
0: Yeah. Of course. And, so where do you feel like you saw them as though growing up?
1: I don't know. Angry people, like I don't I didn't know if they were like people to me. Um, they were just like mom and dad. I don't know Thanks. if I like could quantify it into words. Um yeah,
0: and, and but, I feel yeah. like that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want them to remember me as just mom. Just mom. <laughs> I want them to remember me as, mu- as much more than that. And I don't really know how to elaborate on that at all, but, you know.
1: I think it's defining moments, though, that you have to, like, I mean, my parents were single, um, or my mom was a single mother. And then, like, you also have to, like, see, you don't get to understand why your parents made the decisions that they did until you're a- an adult, and you're like, oh. Yeah. I get it. Like y'all were two young people who had things going on with yourselves that led you to make the decisions, whether good or bad, that you did. Um,
0: That's exactly right.
1: You may not have known how to effectively communicate because ain't nobody effectively communicate with you. Or you know, you may not. You have to be cognizant of those things. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm happy that you're cognizant while they're 11 and 12, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, while yeah. Avery's 11 and Charlie's four, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I had a come to Jesus moment with my parents, um, when I was about 18 or so. Yeah. It was like, yo, y'all did X, Y, and Z to me. And I didn't like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. didn't like that. And hey, I- you are
0: so vocal and I definitely love that about you and appreciate that about you and i'm sure that that was a moment uh, like you said a defining moment for them where it's like ooh he's a, he's aware now if <laughs> we, we did
1: <laughs> how did
0: they respond when you brought that to them
1: they oh uh, they responded well
0: they were open uh ironically
1: cuz they didn't listen when i was a shorty yeah they didn't listen very well at all Um,
0: And it probably had a lot to do with they are they had to mature as adults themselves and, you know, had to have the heart to even be able to receive that. Because a lot of people walk in a fence like I did what to you? Like I'm
1: your I'm a I'm your mama. I don't do nothing to you.
0: And that's another thing. I want want my children to be able to talk to me about things, even the hard things. So Mm. I try to, you know obviously they haven't come to me about anything too hard now but I do try to cultivate an environment to where they know that they can always talk to me about anything even if it's hard like the conversation that you had to have with your parents
1: yeah I think uh, one thing that I respected about you was like earlier this summer you hit me and you never followed through oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you saw something you saw Avery was having a bit of a boy crisis Yeah, and you like oh i need to nip this in the bud and it was uh you were you were attentive yeah
0: i tried my best with that um i do want to say i was i didn't follow through with you i do apologize i know you're a busy man but i did have other people on his schedule that i did follow through with he had some really good interactions um so for your audience, to give a little background.
1: <laughs> oh, I was to, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't. I, Yo, I'm not. I'm not i am not i am not
0: going to put my boy out there, but oh, you know he was,
1: yeah. he
0: was going through the normal adolescent boy motions with certain things, and it was one thing after another to where I felt like, you know, let me grab the reins on this. What can I? What can I do? Number one, that's not yelling and screaming because that's not doing anything. What can I do that's not taking away that game? That's not doing anything. What can I do mm-hmm. to like? to jump in and grab grab this bs by by the by the brains and Mm -hmm. bring bring back in so i decided to uh create a little boy boot camp program for him where i had him meeting with who i felt would be positive influences in his life that's Mm -hmm. why you were on that list (laughs) so yeah so break
1: down break down the boy boot camp i think that this is a really really cool thing that you did yeah. Um, and there may be some other parents that hear this um, it yeah. was really really cool
0: for sure I wish I could pull it up um, okay. so I created him a, a schedule um, and it was on a it was a month long schedule on this calendar and this was my alternative to punishment because you know that's what we grew up on punishment but the, my thing with punishment is okay you're going to have me sitting in my room doing what it's like what am I learning here um, and so for every day of the of the what calendar, I yeah. had him doing something, whether it was reading a book. One of the issues he was struggling with was, you know, running, uh, running with the crowd and having these influences on him and just following the crowd and one of the things led to what I consider maybe bullying this other little boy. So for me, in my mind, if you're bullying somebody, it's something wrong with you. Like you're having some self-esteem issues. You are lashing out and trying to seek attention in unhealthy ways because it's something going on internally with you. So I bought him a bunch of books about uh, his increase in self-esteem, confidence, a lot of like black boy joy types of books. So some of the things on the calendar might've been like reading one of those books and Mm -hmm. writing about it and, you know, uh reporting back to me what he retained from those books. One of the things um was a service project. One of the things and yeah you know, some of the things were meeting with like I said positive male influences um just for an hour over breakfast or something. Um I can't remember the other things but I was just intentional. I got about- it
1: I got it up in front of you me. You right do it up. <laughs> so come on man I do my research B <laughs> I see I do my research B. So you had I game see. night you. Yeah. you spent intentional time with him, right? Yeah, so definitely. The game nights that you had, Swallow Cliff, you you guys went, uh you yeah. guys also went bike riding, like together, yeah. uh, volunteering with each other. You yeah. made him cook with you. Yes. Um, y'all was working out or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he is a good trainer. <laughs> let me tell you, he don't let me give up. <laughs> But yeah I, I definitely want to incorporate or incorporate time spent like to just open up doors for certain conversations about certain things and it worked he he really did turn it around. he really did so if anybody wants a copy of my calendar it's gonna be five night I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it really did work and I think like I said, you have to one thing I appreciate about our generation is that we are trying different things and you know mm-hmm. trying to break those generational curses and cycles um and so i think that was a great alternative to to punishment yeah
1: understood and so how do you show love to your kids
0: <sighs> well i'm very affectionate so obviously like i'm always giving them hugs always giving them, giving them kisses like i i uh, mentioned earlier i like spending a lot of time with them we do movie nights we watch the voice we do a lot of things like that um we eat over here. So we, we're always going out to, to dinner. Charlie and Avery like to help cook. Um, and Avery's homework has been a, a big thing for this year. Cause I feel like fifth grade is when it's finally like, okay, this is some real homework that's going to require a mm-hmm. lot of brain power. So we do his homework together. Avery loves games. He loves Uno. Charlie is a nature girl. She's much like her mama. She likes to be out on walks. She just asked me the other day if um, I wanted to go on a walk with her. She is a water baby. We swim a lot. Avery and Charlie both love spending the night at hotels and just going to their pools. So we do a lot. What'd you say?
1: We taught her how to swim.
0: Yeah. Yep. Taught her how to swim. She's been in swimming lessons. Um, But yeah, That's we. I like activities. I like doing things that require us to interact um, and talk. So,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the way that you show love to them?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Spending time, quality time. I think that's super important.
1: So I know that you mentioned, like, balance uh, is a way that you kind of keep yourself together. But, like, how are you staying in shape for your kids? Right?
0: Yeah. 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 And is that is that a metaphor?
1: How do you want to answer it? I'm asking. (laughs) Is
0: that a (laughs) I'm like, I don't know about in shape, what you mean by that, but no, I um I definitely when we talk about in shape, literally, I definitely am trying to go to at least one workout class a week. I definitely like that time away. I go on drives. My thing is like driving. If I'm super Frustrated, I'm like going on a drive, a long drive. That's my, one of my things. Listening to music, uh, I spend time with my friends. That's what I do. Like that is my me time. Is girl time. Um, I definitely try to make time to get massages. There's this little place in Tenley Park. It's an Asian mas- massage place, and they only Ooh, charge
1: like yeah, thirty dollars birthday.
0: per hour. <laughs> What'd you say? No, but- did you say something about a happy ending? Why do people associate that? Poor Asians. But no, this is a legit. This is a legit place. I promise. I don't need a happy, a happy ending.
1: Oh, gross.
0: Um. No, but this place for real. It's it's thirty dollars for an hour, and people who listen to this is, are gonna be hitting you up. Like, can you ask for what that place is? <laughs> But I do that and then obvious obviously one of my biggest, biggest outlets is photography. Like Mm -hmm. I when I'm out in a session, I feel like I'm alive. Like that's my creative space. That's my that's my me time. That's my thing. So that's how, yeah.
1: So let's talk about Charlie's light, right? Sure. How did you discover that you wanted to take pictures
0: sure so um hmm. it was something i did my whole life whether it was on a camera phone or uh, i remember even when we had the um disposable cameras like that was something that always came naturally to me and then obviously as we got older into more of this digital age with phones like <laughs> i'm i'm that dedicated friend that's going to be taking pictures of everybody if i see something that I feel like needs to be captured, I'm going to get it. If I see somebody with their boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or husband or whatever the case, and they're having a moment, I want to, I'm really big on like memorializing that moment for them. Um, My mom, my, so my mom was gifted a camera, a DSLR camera um, from my dad. I think maybe for a birthday or anniversary, maybe like five years ago. And she thought it was something that was pretty cool to have, but it, it ultimately was collecting dust. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I took it, and I was like, "You don't use this. I'm gonna use this and get into it." So that, at the time, maybe if I would say four or five years ago, uh, that's how I started out as a hobbyist. And um then people started asking me to take pictures for them in exchange for money. So that's I think when it clicked. Like, oh. Okay, I can make money doing this. Um and then I try, had Charlie, I slipped into a, so a little dark space. Um I would even call it a depression just because of the situation I was going through with her dad. It was just not a good one. Um and so I kind of put the camera down. Um but How
1: last, Huh? How did you get out of that? Like what steps did you take to get out of that?
0: Um so I feel like I feel like God has created me to be this super ultra resilient person. And I, I have to give that credit to God because I know that that is not any type of strength that a person can just have on their own. Like, I don't know. I feel like either it's a skill that you develop or you're blessed with it to be able to be a person who bounces back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that there are moms out there who go through things and they let it consume them and it takes away from them as a woman. It takes away from their children and a lot of women will stay in that place. I've never been the type of person to stay in a place. Like I might cry, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna go through what I go through for a few days and then I'm going to pull myself out. Um, and so I don't really know how to elaborate on that. I just, it's it's like I said, I think it's just, a gift, a gift. And God never allows me to be in dark places for too long. So I'll get too emotional talking about it, but, um, it's one of those things where you like, okay, snap out of it. Let's do what you got to do to build yourself back up, pick yourself back up. You may have fallen off the horse, but get back on it and let's, let's go. So I don't really know how to answer your question. Um, how did I do that? But,
1: um, we'll get you back on the horse. Like what, what What is it? Is it task oriented or is it oh. kind of you focus on something else? So what is yeah. it that can get you back going?
0: So more recently, I feel like it's definitely having an outlet, um, having mm-hmm. a safe space. My outlet and safe space is Kristen Dean. <laughs> we we use it. Well, she
1: grilled right? me. She grilled me on um, on the episode we did uh, with Salt and Lick. Yeah, that I did with uh, her and Yelly. Have you
0: released it yet?
1: No, not yet. Oh,
0: okay, because I've been waiting on it. <laughs> yeah, Kristen is a tough cookie. She's not one to play with. I I, I can't wait to hear about it, <laughs> to hear that episode. But um, she's definitely my safe space, my outlet. I can tell her anything. I can trust her with anything. And I do feel like everybody should have that. Everybody should be intentional about having that person who – is your go to your outlet? She talks a lot about that on their podcast as well. But, um, mm-hmm. so definitely just venting about certain things. Um, I do have to put my phone on DND. Uh, I do have to cut myself off from the world because what will happen sometimes is that when you feel overwhelmed or you feel like you're in a dark space, you can get one text message from somebody that just blows you, like, okay, mm-hmm. and then that can, that can, you know, put you. That can, uh what am I trying to say? That can mess up all the progress you've made with pulling yourself out mm-hmm. of that space. For somebody, that's a whole idea about protecting your peace. So I do feel like when I am in those spaces, it's important for me to just cut off for a while until I feel like I'm mentally sound again.
1: <laughs> uh, so then you picked up the camera. We're going to go back to that. We're going to go back.
0: Yeah. We, we Me and you will definitely get off topic.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Very much so.
0: I picked up the camera about a year ago and said when it was, it was COVID motivated as well. Cause a lot of people were losing their jobs and I'm like, all right, if I lose my job, if I get laid off, what do I have as a backup for me and my kids? How am I going to feed them? So it was more like, okay, let me tap into my, the gifts that I have and things that I love to do. I do personally believe that everybody can make money doing something they love. And that's something that I love. And so, um, back up my mom's camera and you know how it's one of them things where you using somebody's stuff and then they like hey that's mine that's mm-hmm. what happened she was like when well, you gonna give me my camera back for what for you to never use it
1: <laughs> she just like it in that space you know she,
0: she just not want to collect the dust so yeah. uh i ended up purchasing a used camera my first used camera a year ago
1: mm-hmm.
0: um started continuing my education, watching YouTube videos, joining seminars, doing certain things to get better and better, and hone in on my skill set and then a few weeks ago, I just brought my bought my very first brand new camera, my own camera, which I'm really proud of and congrats, yeah, thank you. I definitely hope one day that I can go full time doing it right now, the corporate job sustains us financially and you know, having insurance and benefits ain't so bad, but it I definitely
1: so it
0: ain't so bad.
1: <laughs> ain't but so I definitely bad. do it
0: for my kids and I do it because I love it, and I do it because it makes people feel good, it makes people feel happy, and it's mm-hmm. just it's it's taking pictures, but it's also a way to give back and connect with people and and just build build them up and build their self esteem and confidence. Because a lot of people, a lot more people than you realize have like in front of camera phobias. Really? So. Yes, a lot of people are. Be- they're nervous every time I'm having a consultation with somebody. They're I'm nervous. I'm not good in front of the camera. And for me, it's it's never something where I'm like, "Ooh, if they're nervous, I'm nervous." For me, I like hearing that because I like turning it around for them to be like, "Look at this picture of you. What do you mean you were nervous? You, you are nervous. the
1: greatest hype man. I, like, you will I, hype."
0: But it's genuine. It's genuine. I'm not, yeah, I'm
1: not saying it ain't. But like, you are. You like the flavor, flavor of like freedom. <laughs> You like split <laughs> to like Buster. Like, for you sure. will yeah. make sure that somebody feel how they're supposed to feel.
0: Yeah, I try. I try. And the reason is I've had a lot of people do that for me. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see that. But and why you
0: tell people that I flaked on you, you don't want to keep flaking out of your headshot session. So,
1: whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I never said you flaked on me.
0: You did for the everything, the bo- boy boot camp.
1: Oh girl, I something, <laughs> something else. you did flake, you did flick on me though. But I was trying to do the I was trying to do it that one day, but uh, Charlie got sick. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yeah. So
1: it wasn't my fault. We and then I just been in. busy, I just been going in and out of town.
0: For sure, for sure. So, We're gonna get know,
1: it in. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just out here trying to, you know, I'm a parent now, so you know I'm trying to get my balance in.
0: Well, you're a parent now,
1: yeah. You ain't hear my dog over there.
0: Oh my God, you're one
1: of those <laughs> girl. That would be, this like, would be the last place that I would reveal me having a kid. I was about to just,
0: say I'm gonna Did just you... show up
1: with a four year old. Like, <laughs> like let me know, know. You know? the only the only caveat would be like if I'm if I'm married, you know, yeah. Shorty sure like want to have to show it off. But like if I was to like, like slip up and you know slip up from practicing or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm gonna show with a four-year-old. Like yeah. or I'm be, like, come back 10 years later, they be like, dang Jay, when you had that one. <laughs> yeah, catch me outside. Yeah. No, nah, okay. I I ain't going. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, where can people find you?
0: Uh my personal Instagram is laud L-A-W-D underscore. What is it?
1: Have Marcy
0: Let's Laud Have Marcy, L-A-W-D-H-A-V-E underscore M-A-R-C-Y. And then my business Instagram and business socials are at Charlie's, the traditional spelling with the S at the end, light photo, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S-P-H-O-T-O. I I missed something. (laughs) Charlie's light photo and lawd Have Marcy. I made that so difficult, didn't I?
1: Yeah, I was like, like, we couldn't find you, her. Why you ain't notice?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just edit that part out.
1: No, I'm keeping it there. You go we don't hear what I go through having to have a conversation with Marcy.
0: Charlie's light photo. That's where they can. You had to
1: look it at it on your phone. I literally have it up in front of me. I told you I did my <laughs> research.
0: <laughs> and they can find me through you if all else fails.
1: Yeah, just type in Marcy on my Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lord Law, law have Marcy. Oh. Yeah. You have had some iconic um I I think that they are iconic. You've had some really really iconic uh IG names.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been through the ringer with IG name changes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But we had to stay now.
1: Lord Hamarcy is the yeah. is, is is the one? It's the one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for it well thank you so much for um joining me on my podcast today yeah um make sure that you like comment and subscribe uh follow us on instagram at this is underscore jesus and shoes share it with your friends your mamas and your daddies and I love you talk to you later